Now, I don't know what all we're going to do, but I'm going to tell you the Lord uh, will take his vengeance in the right time. And that's why I want to live for the Lord. I don't want him to, to do that to me. That's why I believe in the blood and forgiveness and mercy for that. The, lex, uh, the focus of the lesson says a true understanding of who God is and what he does inspires complete trust. Uh, who he is and what he does. That is important. And, of course, uh, of all times, what an important lesson that this is for us. I'm glad there's been more people praying this week. Matter of fact, you know, today is a national day of prayer. So I encourage you to pray for our country. Uh, we need uh, God to help us right now. We need to pray for our leaders that they'll make the right decisions about what to do. Uh, but the truth is, I'm, I'm not really totally trusting on the government to protect me here. Uh, I'm depending upon the Lord. The Lord knows all things, and I know that it's all working together. For his plan. Now, God doesn't cause things to happen, but he, things happen. God uses those things. And I'm hoping that he's going to use this to reach out and save a lot of people. Uh, it ought to. I mean, this ought to stir a lot of people. I've talked to several people on the phone this week uh, that were stirred and had a young man call me last night that I had taught a Bible study to a while back. And uh, he was just kind of shooting the breeze for three or four minutes. And all of a sudden he said, what do you think about what's going on, Brother Becton? Uh, I could tell he is concerned, and I, we talked for 30 minutes, I guess. I'm telling you, people are stirred up, and this is a time that while I am concerned, the truth of the Lord, well, the word is, is that we've got to trust the Lord, folks. I don't know what's going to happen, but I know God is in control. But in the uh, New Testament, words more like faith and believe are go back to the word trust in the Old Testament. And so we need to have confidence in the Lord. Confidence. Anybody got confidence in the Lord? You've got to have that confidence. You know, it comes when you get a child. If you ever got a child and you was in the swimming pool and they're standing on the edge, you say, come on, jump to me. And they see all that water and they're afraid to jump. But if you're close to that child, they'll jump to you because they've got confidence that you're going to catch them. And so that's where we're at today. I'm, I'm trusting that uh, it's hard to imagine people would jump off a building, isn't it? You know, I mean, I guess the choice is hard, but it's hard for me to imagine that somebody would jump. But I guess if it was be burned or jump, but they were just falling, they had no help there. I'm afraid most of them didn't know the Lord probably. And we need to pray that God somehow touch their families and have mercy upon them. But this first verse is, in the Lord put I my trust. And we got to trust God. You got to trust him for salvation. You've got to believe that he has forgiven you. There are some people that think they've been so bad that somehow God can't forgive them. Or they think they've gone beyond the normal thing. I'm glad to tell you that he is a merciful God and that it doesn't matter how many times you mess up. If you can be sincere, if you can really repent, uh, he will forgive you. And what a wonderful thing that that is. And I, I, so many times in my life, I've just had to start over. So I want to tell you today, if everything's not right with God right now, before you leave today, you can make sure it's all right with him. Isn't that a wonderful thing? I trust in that. I believe in that. And sometimes, uh, as a human, it's hard to trust in something we can't see. You know, it's, people have their guns protecting their home, and they've got the alarm systems and different things, but there's only so much protection that can bring because, like I say, what's to stop a plane from coming by or anything happening? So we're trusting and holding to that unseen hand, and there is something about human nature we like to see. 
we want to see it, you know. Do you ever say, show me the money? You know, somebody wants to tell you something, I want to see the money, you know. Sometimes, don't tell me about it. Somebody comes and orders a few things we've ordered here in the back for the church, they'd say, we need a deposit on that. Because they want to make sure you got the ability to pay. And uh, so they're not trusting us just, just on our name, just that we're even a church. They want to know, do you have the money? And there's a lot of people out in the world wanting to know who's got the real goods now. And I think this is a great hour for the Pentecostal faith, that people know that we are more conservative. They know that we are trying to be more conservative. And I think when you get in tough times, they're not wanting the easiest way. They're wanting the sure thing. And so that's why this is an opportunity. And so we do walk by faith. You know, if you get hungry, you know, you can go to the restaurant or somewhere. If you're sick, you go to the doctor. And, you know, we'll, we'll trust the doctor. Yeah, I'm going to give you a shot and everything's going to be all right. And he'll give us a shot. And well, sometimes it's all right, sometimes it's not. My brother-in-law, David Hill, I don't know, maybe I told you, but he, he's had back trouble. And they stopped in Jackson a few weeks ago and, uh, on, to catch a plane. And he was laying on the floor there in the airport. His back was acting up. He had gone to the doctor that, like, Wednesday or Thursday to get an $800 shot right in his back there of something. Anyway, when he got home, he hadn't looked. And when he got home and he opened up the papers, it had the wrong name on it. They had done given him the shot in the wrong place. And, uh, I mean, it was a back shot, but it, he needed it down low, and they gave it up kind of high. He said, when the doctor came in, he said, how old are you? And my brother-in-law said, well, I'm 53. He, or he said, it says here you was born in 84. He said, no, I was born in 48. They just turned the numbers around. No, it was a boy supposed to got the shot he got, and they gave him one in the wrong place. He said, I ain't paying for that shot. Well, there's only, no matter how much they do, there's still going to be some mistakes made. But can I tell you, God's going to do it right. We may not understand it now. It, it, it may not be what we wanted to happen, but we've got to believe that God is in control. And I remember I worked for a company one time, and it... It's easy that my first or second paycheck bounced. Now, that wasn't a very encouraging feeling there. The company you're working for gives you a check, and it bounced. And I had already naturally done written checks on the account. No, none of y'all do that. You know, I'm thinking, well, if I mail them today, I get my check Friday. It won't get back to Monday. I'm all right, you know. I know none of y'all have ever done that. And so I had already mailed the checks. And, of course, this was year. This to show how long ago this was, it was $2 for a return, return check back then. And, man, I was just aggravated to no end. I went to my boss. I said, look, my check bounced. He said, you know, first, first check I ever got bounced. Well, that didn't make me feel better. I don't care what happened to you. I mean, I, I just wanted to know, hey, am I going to get paid or not? How many of you want to work if you don't know if the check's going to be good? No. It, it doesn't inspire confidence in there. And that's why there, there's a place in God that you can get. That even when you don't understand what's happening, you've got that confidence everything's going to be all right. When trouble comes my way, I can't tell my night from day. I've got confidence. And that's what we need. It needs to be that trust has got to develop. In Psalms 20 and 7, it says, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. I said, we better remember that name right now. Isn't it funny? We was talking last night to somebody how 
they've taken prayer out of school and they want to take in God we trust off the money and yet you let something happen oh let's have prayer folks a national day of prayer all of a sudden everybody wants you to pray everybody's concerned uh, about prayer I, I've got to believe that even a few of these that say they don't believe in God are thinking I might just give it a shot you know what else are we going to do I'm glad that God's not an afterthought to me I'm glad that God's not a spare tire with me that this is the main thing and uh and of course let me uh, it says in Proverbs 21, 31, the horse is prepared against the day of battle, but safety is of the Lord. Now, we've got a lot of might in the United States. I do believe we're the most powerful country in the world today, and I'm thankful that we are. I'm glad we've got all this might and this power that we've got, but that in itself, you realize when somebody's willing to kill themselves, there's, there's not, there's, that puts you in a bad spot right there. See, that's not rational thinking. You know, these people over in Israel that strap a bomb to themselves and walk in there and pull the cord and blow up, and, they, and somehow they're thinking they did a good thing. I don't understand that thinking, but we need those in. But safety is of the Lord. If you're trying to get to heaven and somehow it's time for you to go today, then even though we don't want to go today, as long as I get to heaven, that's my ultimate goal. And so I can't live in fear. Matter of fact, the Bible says we're not given the spirit of fear. So I hope that you're not, you ought to be concerned, but we shouldn't be fearful about more what in the world is going to happen here. You know, what's going to, I mean, there's concern, but we trust God. We're just trusting God. I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, somebody asks, well, what if all the computers go down and all the finances, you know, they lose all the records? Well, I'd kind of be glad I owe more than what I got you. Hallelujah, just wipe them all off, you know, it just show everything's gone. But, but no, I'm trusting the Lord. I don't, that's all I know to do. And I, I will say this, they brought this point out in the lesson I thought is good. I've known a few people, or actually about one person, that said, you know, well, I'm not going to work. I'm just going to trust the Lord to provide. Well, it don't work that way. I'll just tell you right now. He expects us to do what we can do. And what I can't do, then God is going to help me. But he expects me, if I'm able-bodied here, and uh, to do what I can. But I've known one or two that just thought, and you know that we had that scare about the uh, the computer glitch. What was it called the other year? The Y2K. I don't forgot about it. It's been so long. But people were selling everything they had and going to the mountains. You know. Well, what good's that going to do you? You know, you might hold out a little while, but I'm telling you, we got to trust the Lord, folks. And so we are trusting in God, and everybody needs to believe that. Uh, but in whom are we, you're going to trust in something. And if you're trusting your bank account today, when the stock market opens tomorrow, you might be in trouble, you know, or, or your retirement. I hope not, Brother Dyke. Praise the Lord. <laughs> we was talking. He said, oh, I ain't worried about the stock market. He said, well, I do get my check from Prudential, though. I said, well, well I didn't mean to alarm you there, Brother Dykes, but uh, we're going to believe everything's going to be all right. Amen. I say, that's all I know to do. And the truth is, sitting here being scared about it's not going to help. All, right. all that is, fear is the opposite of faith. I don't want to release fear. I want to believe in God. So David declared, in the Lord I put my trust. David was the king. He had all the power and all the might at that time. He was probably the most powerful ruler on the earth at that time. But he wasn't putting his trust in the fact that we got so many men and so many horses and so many chariots and all these things. He said, I'm trusting the Lord. You know why? Because he had been through some hard times in life and God had protected him. And he learned that, hey, if I'll let the Lord lead and guide and direct me, that's going to make a big difference in my life. And, of course, placing trust in the Lord it's kind of like anchoring a boat. 
I have tried this before. You ever been fishing and you find a spot that they're biting and, and you're trying to find something to tie on to? And did you ever tie on to a log that was just floating in the water? <laughs> you know, and so you, you keep having to paddle and pull. A log floating in the water is not going to tie you there. If there gets any wind blowing it off, first thing you know, you're going off. That's why you got to get an anchor. you got to get a hold of something. There's a lot of people, I'm afraid Christian people, I'm afraid Pentecostal people, that, that they're tied onto a log. I attend the church or, or I occasionally come to church. You better get a hold of God. you you got to get such an anchor in Him that no matter what else happens. Why? Here's what it says in James 1 and verse 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm so glad for that. He's the only thing that's really going to stand forever. Malachi 3 and 6, he said, I am the Lord, and I change not. Aren't you glad that some things remain the same? And there's very few things remain the same. Everything is constantly changing. You buy a computer last year, and by now they've done added a bunch of new stuff. You buy a new car that you thought... Um, I remember 1964 or 65, we bought that, or Daddy bought it. I say we bought it. <laughs> At 1964, 98 old, but had electric eye on that thing to dim the lights. But you know that thing didn't work till they got almost on you. You know, they did away with that. They got a lot of conveniences on the cars, but it's constantly changing. They do that on purpose, so you'll want to buy something else. Everybody remember when the wide ties of the 70s was in? See, I needed it now when I'm wide. I mean, back in the 70s, there was a wide tide. I was only weighing 200. I didn't need it so bad. But, but they were so wide. You look at them old pictures. You just really to get a good laugh. Just pull out some old pictures. Uh, we've got one, and this before I was in the church. They took, must have took it at the church. I mean, we had ways selling those little coupons like we do sometimes. And, man, I, no kids, huh? I looked blowed away in that picture. Man, I just was kind of steely-eyed. My hair was down long. I thought, boy, I can't believe uh, there I was. I was dressed up in a suit and tie, but you could see I wasn't living for the Lord by one look there. I'm glad he's a God that's able to change you, change your whole thinking, your whole outlook on life. And so we've got to trust him. With God, all things are possible. Verse 11, 1, one will say, How say ye to my soul, flee as a bird to your mountain? There's something about human nature wants to run. Can I just say this nicely and kindly? You know, sometimes people think, well, I'm having trouble uh, with submission or trouble with some other problem at one church, so I'll just find me another church. The truth is you're going to meet that same problem no matter where you go sooner or later. Uh, when there's a weakness or area in your life, I'm just going to tell you running from something doesn't do it. We need to teach our children to stand. When they're wrong, you ever notice a little child, they, they want to run when they've done something wrong. You hear the glass breaking, and here they come. Choom, they're just running out the door there. They think you're not going to know who did it. God sees us, folks. He sees you right now. He knows what you're thinking about. Uh, he knows what's happened this week in your life. Uh, that's why Paul said, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. I'm glad Christ made me free. I'm glad I'm not what I used to be. And he gave us, as I say sometimes, the victory. I say, they used to say it all the time, have you got the victory? They didn't say, 
have you got the Holy Ghost? Have you got the victory? You can have the Holy Ghost and you might be down and out, but when you got the victory, you're feeling good about everything. I came to church today with the victory. I've been praying this week, man. I've been talking to the Lord. You know, I, I've been studying the Word of God. I've been singing and praising Him this week. Why? I'm glad that I know who He is and I'm glad He knows who I am. I'm glad He knows who I am. And so I want to be steadfast. But it says run to your mouth. The only thing you're supposed to run from, the Bible says, is run from fornication and lust. You need to run from some things. But when it comes to trouble, the answer is not running. The answer is maybe kneeling, getting a hold of God and trusting him. And I might ask you, what is your mountain? Who do you run to when you get in trouble? You know, when, you, when you're young, you run to your parents. When you're a child, anybody remember running to your mama, how good it felt? Sometimes I wish I could run. I mean, I can run to her now, but I can't sit in her lap no more. She's got two bad knees. But, I mean, it just, you know, there was times it just felt so good to have your mama put her arms around you and tell you everything's going to be all right. I trusted her. If my mama said everything was going to be all right, I knew everything was going to be all right. I'm glad I grew up in a family like that. I'm glad I grew up when my daddy said this is what's going to happen, that that's what was going to happen. Uh, I'm glad for that. We need to teach that to our children because they need to learn that there's some things you can trust in because our society today doesn't know what to do. The reason people are getting, some people are getting drunk today in this week and some have been getting stoned out of their mind, they, they're trying to escape. That doesn't change anything. When they come down, matter of fact, I, I talked to somebody yesterday that was messed up. And, and they, well, I, I just, I, I, I did all this stuff. And I, and I said, I'm, I'm coming down. I need to take something to come down. I said, no, that's not what you need. I said, you need to get a hold of the Lord right now. I'm telling you, folks, there's no hope in the things of this world. Our only hope is in Jesus Christ. And even despite, uh, there's always uh, righteousness and wickedness. It always is. There's always good and bad. Uh, it's always God and Satan. There's always a fight going on, folks, between good and evil. It's just always going on. And, and if you're not realizing that, you're probably on the wrong side. You probably done been whooped is all I'm trying to say. If you don't realize there's a fight going on. There is a battle living for God. Uh, I'm glad. That's why have you got the victory. That means you've been in the battle, but praise the Lord, you're on the winning side. You, you, you've come out on top. And uh, it's a constant battle going on because uh, you can't stay floating along trying to live for God. It just won't work that way. There's just something about our human nature that gravitates toward the wrong and gravitates toward the evil things. Even in the beginning, the Bible says that Cain slew Abel. Why? He goes, man, he was jealous of Abel of what he had offered up, you know, and actually God told him what to offer up if he would just have done right. We need to understand that there's always this wickedness and righteousness always carrying on. It says the wicked bend their bow. They bend their bow. They're, they're trying to threaten you. They're going to scare you. They're going to shoot at you. This is just going to happen. Bad things do happen to good people. They do. It's, it's no matter how much you try to pray and how much you live for God, there's just going to be some bad things happen. I wish I could tell you that it didn't. But see, then it wouldn't really be trusting God, would it? If you knew that you never would have a problem and you never would have a trouble. He didn't say you wouldn't have problems and troubles. He just said, I'll be with you always. He said, I won't leave you nor forsake you. And so we need to remember that. See, David had times that uh, he could have killed Saul, the man that was threatening him, the man that was chasing him, the man that was trying to kill him. But he had respect unto the office because of God. He said, I can't touch him. 
and God honored that. But you see, at that time, there was a wicked man trying to get him. And you need to understand that what we have seen this week is certainly wickedness. It's certainly evil. Uh, this going innocent people, it's a terrible thing when somebody dies on the battlefield. But when they start taking it to, to men, women, and children that are not trying to do anything, that's crossed the line here. That's why something's really going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen, but uh, our country is stirred up rightly so. I say rightly so, that they've crossed the line here, that we can't allow this to go on because we are now entering a new phase probably, and, and only the Lord knows what's going to happen, and there's going to be evil out there. But I'm trusting in Him. I'm depending on God. The angel of the Lord encamped around about them that fear him. You need to fear the Lord. Uh, I hope this puts some fear in all of our lives. Really, wasn't it almost like you couldn't believe your ears? What, what, what are they talking about? I, I, we was fixing to leave. Me and Brent, we heard this on the radio and didn't know what was going on. And a few minutes later, they talk about the other. And it was just like a shaking thing, like surely not. This can't be happening in our country. Folks, I'm telling you, we're living in a day that anything can happen. And that's why you better get a hold of God. Uh, I, I want to believe this is all going to calm down and we'll take care of it. And I hope that's what happens. But we have no assurance of that. But we do have assurance that God's going to be here with us no matter what comes or what goes. You know, when Jesus said, one of you shall betray me, the Bible says Satan entered into Judas who went immediately out and it was night. You know, the Bible talks about men love darkness because their deeds are evil. You know, they, they like darkness. You ever remember how, see, nowadays they're so brazen they do it in the daylight. But when I was a boy, you slipped around at nighttime and did things hoping nobody would see you. And my daddy used to tell me there's an all-seeing eye watching you. I didn't like that thought. I don't want nobody. Did you ever do anything you was hoping nobody was watching? You hadn't? Okay, well, anyway. <laughs> Since you're under the blood, I guess you hadn't. But uh, now that I'm living for God, it's a comforting thought to know there's an all-seeing eye watching me. I'm glad to know he's watching over me. If he sees every sparrow that falls, he sees me today. The very hairs of your head are numbered. Think about it. I mean, I didn't say they knew how many they were. They were numbered. I mean, that's an unbelievable thing that God knows all these things about us, and he loves us, and so I'm depending upon the light. Isaiah 57 and 20 says, But the wicked are like the troubled sea, when it cannot rest, whose waters cast up mire and dirt, there is no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. They may have a good time for a short while, but there is no peace. When times like this come, people all of a sudden aren't worrying about silver and gold. They're not worrying even really about heaven. What they want is peace. They want to know that everything's going to be all right. And uh, you need to, if you've talked to your children any, you need to try to, you know, let them feel peace, that you have peace in your life because we don't want our children traumatized by this. They need to understand that, hey, we don't know what all's happening, but we serve a God that's got his hand upon us, and he's going to protect us and lead us and guide us. And so we put our trust in God, and we know that he cares. And I'm glad the Bible says he never sleeps nor slumbers. Isn't that a good thought? Uh, uh, he's never absent from his throne. You know, a lot of times people try to take over a kingdom when they know somebody's out of, when they're away from the uh, capital city or something, and they try to overthrow the government. Well, I'm glad to tell you that God's always on the throne. God's everywhere present. Psalms said he's a very present help in trouble. I say a very present help. I remember Brother uh, Freeman, you know, Sister Freeman was here a couple of years ago, and 
uh, Brother Freeman was kind of a laid-back kind of man, if you ever heard him speak. You know, Sister Freeman actually was a little more fiery than he was. But she would talk about how Brother Freeman just had such faith. And I remember him telling a story one time when he came to Shreveport about how they was uh, in a plane and they was just fixing to, to land. All of a sudden, boy, the plane just began to shake it and they're carrying on. He just said, Lord, you're very president. Just, that plane just straightened up. And Sister Freeman said she was over just a boo-hooing and crying. And Brother Freeman just said, everything's going to be all right. And it's not how much we shake and quake, folks. It's how much real trust and faith we have in God. Sometimes we think the, uh, how we act on the outside is going to affect our faith. It's not. Just that simple faith, this trust uh, in God. In Romans, it says, if God be for us, who can be against us? Uh, I wished our country really was one nation under God. I would feel even better about this situation if we was one nation under one God. I'd feel a lot better about that. But the real truth of the matter is our nation has not been under God. We've allowed ourselves to bring all kind of terrible things into our society. And it has taken control of our society. I'm hoping and believing that there are a lot of good Bible-believing, uh, Holy Ghost-filled people in our country that I'm hoping that we can get a hold of God and, and pray for some mercy and pray for something good to happen. But uh, in our day that we're living in, there might have been a time that you could have called us a Christian country, but really, we're really not anymore. We've strayed so far from that. So I, I don't know uh, what all is going to happen uh, in these situations. David said this in Psalms 18 and 6, In my distress... I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God. He heard my voice out of his temple, and my cry came before him even into his ears. Oh, I'm glad that he hears us. I've had times when I've prayed, and I didn't feel like it was going as high as that ceiling, but I know he still heard me. You need to understand that I don't go by feelings. I like to feel something when I pray, and I'm glad that a lot of times I do. But I have lots of times I don't feel a thing when I'm praying. But I'm just talking to the Lord because I know he hears me. I know he's there, and we need to understand that. Isaiah 66 and 1 says, Thus saith the Lord, The heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. Can you imagine that? I mean, earth is just his footstool. That's how big God is. Matter of fact, God feels the universe. And, and I, somebody, I was listening to a tape this week. I forgot what they said. It seemed like they said it was like a hundred billion stars in our galaxy. And there's a hundred and fifty million or billion galaxies. I mean, I mean how, how big is God? I'm just telling you, God is great and greatly to be praised. And that's why we got to put our confidence and our trust in him. And uh, his, I'm glad that I know who he is. Aren't you glad you know what his name is? I'm glad I'm not just saying that, that I can call upon that name. The Bible says that every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I'm glad I've already did that. I'm, I'm glad that one day I came and I submitted my life to him and said, Lord, I want to get right. But you know when I came to him? When I was in trouble. A lot of people come to God when they get in trouble. Nothing wrong with that. He wants you to come to him anytime. But I'm going to tell you, uh, in times of trouble, it ought to stir us up. We ought to be stirred that we're not stirred. You know, we, the people in the world, I'm telling you, are having prayer meetings that never have prayer meetings. I mean, they're doing all this kind of thing. And I'm afraid sometimes, yes, we're trusting the Lord, but this is a time to realize a lot of people are stirred. That this is a time that we ought to pray and get a hold of God and say, Lord, lead me to somebody that's sincere, somebody that's hungry, that I can share the gospel with, that they can see that there's something different in my life. 
See, they ought to see something different in our life, not the way we look. They ought to see something different in our attitude, in our outlook, in our faith, and in our trust. They need to see that. And so God's dependent upon us. Even Satan, who is called the prince of the power of the air, he can't get to God's throne. Aren't you laying? He may be the prince of the air, but I say God's the master of the universe, and so that takes care of all of that. The devil can only do what God allows him to do. I'm glad he's on a leash today uh, because the devil is wicked. He knows his time is short. And my mother's always saying, the devil's at work. And the devil is at work, folks. The devil's been at work. He was at work Tuesday. I'm going to tell you, that was the devil, folks. That's evil. That's pure evil is all that is, trying to destroy. See, the thief come but to kill and to steal and destroy. Jesus said, I am come that ye might have life and that ye have, might have it more abundantly. Aren't you glad that you can have more abundant life? I say, I didn't lose something when I came to God. I gained things when I came to God. I lost some bad habits, but I am praise the Lord that now I've got peace and joy and hope in my life, and we need that. And he is in control. Jesus said, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Psalm 62 and 11 said, power belongeth unto God. I say, it belongs unto God. And so it's wonderful to know that we are an ambassador. The Bible calls us ambassadors. We're ambassadors. An ambassador is somebody that goes and represents. We have ambassadors around the world. They're representing our country. And when they're there, they're representing our country. When you're on the job, you're representing Jesus Christ. When you're in Walmart, you're representing Jesus Christ. And I, I see a lot of y'all at Walmart, so I know you're representing him good down there at Walmart. But uh, when the trumpet sounds, there'll be a lot of people leaving Walmart. I've got faith in that because there's always a lot of Pentecostal people in there. Uh, and we know that the Lord is watching over us. Psalms 11 and 4 says, His eyes beholden the children of men. Uh, I, I'm glad that he is bringing us up again. He is watching over us. You ever have your child go out when they're turned 16 and want to go out by themselves at nighttime and all of a sudden, boy, it's a, you, you do some serious praying. Lord, watch over them, Lord. Protect them. Uh, I know that one night, well, that's only been a couple of years ago, Jay. Uh, Shelly had, had gone, gone to meet Jay somewhere, and, boy, she didn't call, didn't call. I guess she didn't have her cell phone. Boy, it got late. I'm talking about it got, I won't say how late, Jay. But anyway, it got late. And my wife said, well, I'm going to bed. I said, you're going to bed? How can you go to bed? She said, well, you're paying for your raise, and I'm going to go sleep. And so, boy, she went in there and laid down. And, man, I stayed in the living room, man. I was walking the floor. I knelt down that chair, man. I was calling on the Lord. And, boy, I was glad when I heard the door open, man. I was proud to hear that. I was saying, Lord, keep your hand upon her, Lord. Watch over her. Why? We live in a wicked world. When I was a boy, we, well, my mother locked the doors, but most people didn't even lock the doors a lot of times at their house because you felt safe, especially in a small town. Uh, my mother, she always, you know, she always looked under the beds. It's wonder we don't have a fear growing up like I did because every night when you'd come in, if you'd been gone, she'd looked in every closet and she looked under the bed. I want to see if anybody, I don't know what she's going to do. I, I read a story one time, and, and this woman that was like my mother, heard something downstairs she said hun wake up somebody's downstairs he said no it's not you've told me that a thousand times she said no i heard something so he got up and walked downstairs and when he did turned out there was a man with a gun and the guy said where's your money he said just me he said you come upstairs with me he said my wife been waiting to meet you for years and uh, so uh, i'm just always looking always on the negative always having fear going on here but 
we need to understand that you need to use common sense. You need to lock your doors. You need to, you know, keep your car locked up and, and, and be careful about you. Don't be flashing money around. I mean, we're not talking about being ignorant. I say God gave us some common sense. But on the other hand, we somehow have to reach a place that, God, I've just got confidence in you that as long as, as, long as I'm in his will, then, then when my time is up, then I'm going to go. And there's a certain peace that comes from that. And I say, I, I hope we don't go into a full-fledged war. And, and I'll be truthful with I was talking to Brother Coleman yesterday. Uh, I got a boy 17. He's got one 18. I don't want to hear talk of war. I, I don't want to hear talk of that. That scares me a little bit, you see, if I allow myself to think on that. That, God, I, I don't know about this. Help me, Lord. So we got to pray, folks. This is a time to pray that the Lord is going to help us. But we know that he's watching over us. And I don't understand why. I've had people ask me, well, why does God allow all these bad things to happen? Well, I'm going to tell you, we have the power of choice, folks. God doesn't intervene unless it's going to affect his plan. He allows men to do what they're big enough to do or what they're mean enough to do or what they're strong enough to do to a certain degree. Only when it interferes with his plan does God step in there. And so we have to realize that our society, it says in Hosea, that they have sown to the wind and now they're going to reap the whirlwind. People want to do wrong, and then they want to pray for crop failure. It doesn't work that way. Our society has forsaken God, and our world has never really known God. And so we have sown ourselves to evil. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid bad things are going to happen. Well, the Bible says it's going to get worse and worse. That's why no sense being fearful. The Bible tells us it's going to get worse and worse. But the good news is the Bible says where sin doth abound, grace doth much more abound. So I believe whatever comes against us, he's going to give us the ability to stand in that day. He's going to help us. And I believe we're going to see people praying like they've never prayed. I believe we're going to see a lot of people that one time have known God come back and say, hey, I've got to get right with God. And I hope the Lord will use this to stir people up. And uh, there's nothing that the Lord doesn't see that happens. And sometimes we uh, almost wonder, where were you, God, when this happened? I'm telling you, he was watching all the time. But we have to understand that unless it interferes directly with his plan, there's been some tragic things. I don't understand still why my little brother was killed in that car wreck. He was living for God, felt his call to preach. and he just I mean, he was just an unbelievable good young man. I don't understand that. And I, I won't understand it till the day I die. But I've got to trust that the Lord knows what's best. And, I mean, that was hard for me to accept. That's the first person I ever lost that was close to me, that I couldn't understand how this could happen. God, they had been to church. They had been to a youth rally. They weren't out drinking. They weren't out carousing. They had been to a youth rally, and a bridge washed out, and, the, and they ran off in there. And what a terrible thing it was. I can't get angry at God and mad at God and walk out on God of that. I've just got to humble myself and say, God, I don't understand. But I'm trusting you and I'm believing in you. And the good news is he was ready to go. See, I'm still in the battle today. I've still got the ability to be lost. But he's made it to the other side. And so the Lord knows what's best even when we don't understand. Did you ever tell your child this was for your own good and they didn't believe it? You know, I don't know if I still believe my daddy and say this hurts me more than it hurts you, you know. If you'd have just seen him do it one time, you wouldn't have hardly believed it either, you know. I guess he just wanted to make a believer out of you. Uh, and uh, that's why I told you, Gary, he used to get whooped all the time. And I decided that wasn't the way to go, you know, that it's better just to 
say, yes, sir. Daddy was going to spank you till you cried. You ever feel like that yourself? They're going to cry now. They're going to be sorry. And sometimes children just don't want to cry. And I just learned, hit me one time, I was crying, man. I was just crying. I, matter of fact, before the belt ever got there, I was already crying about the way, uh, you know, I hate going to the dentist. That other time I was so embarrassed. You know, I closed my eyes, and they gave me just a little bit of gas to help me get off a little bit. And, and I opened my mouth there, and, and they said, you're going to feel just a little stick, you know. And, I, and boy, I, I yelled, and she was just swabbing something on there. You know, it wasn't even the needle, and I, I felt kind of embarrassed, you know. But I just act like I was just kidding. you know, Oh, I'm just kidding. But, I mean, I thought she done stuck me there. In my mind, I knew it was going to hurt, and so I was worried about it. But God's got everything under control. Sometimes we get to worrying about things we shouldn't worry about. The Bible says take no thought of tomorrow, for tomorrow's going to have its own troubles. You know what we've got? We've got a Sunday today, folks. You realize that? We have got a Sunday today that it looks like maybe they're not going to do nothing today on war. We've got a day that we can dedicate ourselves to the Lord today, that we can pray all we want. I, probably not hardly anybody here is having to go to work. Well, Brother Joe may have to go to work, but most of you not have to go to work today. There'll be some praying on the job today, I guarantee you. Wasn't there some praying on the job this week? Yes, sir. I want you to know people was praying under their breath, Lord, help us. What are we going to do here? But we need to understand what the Lord loves. And, and of course, we know in John 3, 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We know God loves us all. Can I tell you that God loves you this morning? I don't care what you did last night or what you did on the way to church this morning or what's happened in your past. I don't care how bad it might be. He loves you. He died for you. What a wonderful thing. But I tell you what, he does love righteousness. And I believe that while God is no respect of persons, that there are people that the Bible plainly teaches had such a walk with God. Abraham was called the friend of God. And when God was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, he said, how can I do this and not tell Abraham? And I've often thought, Lord, if something was about to happen to my family, if you would just stir me a few minutes before and let me pray a few minutes, God, just, just one chance. See, that's what he did for Abraham. He made a chance for Abraham to intercede. And so he didn't love Abraham more than anybody else, but he had respect unto Abraham because he was a righteous man and he followed him. I want to live such a life with God that he will consider me one of his righteous people. And, of course, the only way that's going to happen is by constantly praying and constantly pleading the blood over my own life that my attitude and my spirit and everything will be right and of course uh, love's definition also includes appreciation and respect god appreciates faithfulness and i'm thankful for this church what a faithful church this is i mean that sincerely that's the reason we're able to build onto the back because you're faithful people God appreciates that. I appreciate that. I know Brother Adcock appreciates that. So if we as human beings appreciate people that are faithful, look how many different people God is looking over. He appreciates people that would come to church on Sunday morning. He appreciates that you would be here today because there's all millions and billions of people, see, that still are so unconcerned that they're not seeking him out. But I'm going to tell you, God is smiling on you today because you've shown some desire. Uh, no matter where you've been or what's happened this week, all of us, that we have gathered here today in his house. And I say, God likes that. And this would be a good time to let the Lord touch you because you have got uh, his appreciation and respect because he's upon you today. He also likes those that are upright. Here's what upright means. Honest, 
just, conscientious, honorable, upstanding. I say, don't you? I, I like people like that myself, don't you? People that's upright. I, I like uh, being able to take somebody's word, don't you? You know, nowadays you got to sign everything 39 times and get it notarized twice and before they'll do it. But uh, that's why I still do a little business over in Stamps, Arkansas. And Mr. Nipper died, but his son is now the president. He was a year younger than me, and we used to work together a little bit. And I'd still just go in there and say, Paul, I, I need to get two or three, five, you know, whatever. And uh, he just signed right there. You know, he don't pull up my credit report. He, he just, we've known each other a long time. I like that. Down here, I've been doing business with Union Planners Bank. Well, it was Sunburst in Cleveland for years, and it don't matter. They want to know how much I weigh and how much my color, is that my real color of my hair and all that kind of stuff, you know, and before they even going to loan me some money. But I'm glad that, that there's people that's upright. Uh, my daddy has been a man of his word. If my daddy would just call me today, he called me this morning, but if he'd call me today and say, I'm going to send you $10,000 tomorrow, I'd be writing checks, hallelujah. I mean, I'm just telling you, my daddy is a man of his word. I know he's got it, and if he said he'd do it, I know it's coming. I say, if Jesus gives us a promise in the word, I know he can do it, and I know he'll perform it. And so we ought to have that confidence and that faith that he's got his hand upon us. And I, I'm believing in that. Acts 2 and 40, and this applies certainly to us today, it says, save yourselves from this untoward generation. This is a untoward generation. Untoward means warped or crooked. This is a warped world, folks. When people will kill themselves to kill you, that's a warped world. This is a crooked world. What did it mean by save yourself? No, we can't save ourselves. but what it is, he's thrown out. He's done paid the price. He's thrown the lifeline out to you. You do have to grab the lifeline. You know, you're going to have to do a little part. God has already got out there in the boat, and he's got the rope, and he's got the, Brother Albright used that illustration, he's, he's got the life preserver. He's throwing it out to you. But you do have to do your part and put that thing on. And so I want to be upright. And, of course, when you look in the Bible, of course, Hebrews 11th chapter is called uh, the Hall of Fame, as it were, of great men in the Bible. I'm, I'm kind of glad to tell you they weren't perfect men. They weren't perfect men. They were flawed. You know what I like about the Old Testament? It, it shows that it tells the story of these people that was flawed, but because they really wanted to please God, God had mercy upon them and used them. God will use you if you will be sincere with him. And when you're confronted, when David was confronted by the prophet Nathan, he said, Thou art the man. David could have had him killed. He was the king. But he recognized, I am a sinner. I am in the wrong. And he humbled himself before God. I encourage you today to trust the Lord. In times like these, we need a Savior. In times like these, I'm glad that I decided 20 years ago to live for the Lord. I have no regrets about living for the Lord. I just wish I'd have started earlier. I don't have a regret at all that I quit doing all those things I used to do. I'm glad now at my age, if I had continued doing those things the last 20 years, if I was living, my body would have a lot of scars and a lot of problems in my body that I don't have today because this lifestyle is a good lifestyle living for the Lord. We're going to trust the Lord. Praise the Lord. We're going to change the order. Look around. we got a few guests. I want you to greet them. Tell them you're glad to see them.